Welcome to the Boulder Body Mind Podcast, your local resource for all things health and wellness in Boulder, Colorado, the Front Range, and beyond. I'm your host, Christine Bellinger. On this episode of the Boulder Body Mind Podcast, I'm sitting down with certified personal trainer, Gina Collins. I first met Gina several years ago when she was a trainer, yoga instructor, and group class instructor at Rally Sport. I always loved the thoroughness to the way she taught and the cues she gave. There was a certain something that she brought into the gym. And you can always tell when someone is really passionate about what they do. It shines through their work, their words, and how they interact with others. And Gina has plenty of passion, so much that she even started her own business, Gina Knows Fitness, and is currently seeing clients at Customized Nutrition and Exercise on Pearl Street in Boulder. What I love about this conversation with Gina is how she explains her approach to her work with clients and how she truly meets them where they are. We also get to learn about some personal experiences that shaped and continue to shape her life and expertise on fitness. And experience, Gina has plenty of it. Gina knows fitness. To learn more about Gina, you can visit her website at GinaKnowsFitness.com or her Facebook page, Gina Knows Fitness. You can have free access to this and every episode by subscribing, and please do so. It's free. Uh, if you are an Apple Podcasts subscriber, please leave me a review. That would mean so much to me. And oh, uh, the Boulder Body Mind podcast is also now available on Spotify, so you can stream anytime. But enough of this business, on with the show and Miss Gina Collins. Welcome to this edition of the Boulder Body Mind podcast. I'm here today with Gina Collins, certified personal trainer, professional fitness and yoga instructor, and founder of Gina Knows Fitness. Welcome to the show, Gina. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you. Can you start off just telling the listeners how you tend to train people differently uh, than other personal trainers, maybe your specialties or special populations? Sure. Um... I work with uh, all different uh, populations, so people who have uh, just come out of surgery or are about to go into surgery. I work with people who um, are just looking to maintain health and longevity. Um, and I work with uh, all different ages, so some, some younger people down to like teenagers, all the way, uh, most of my clientele I would say is between um, 45 and 75. Mm -hmm. And really a lot, I would say a lot of my clientele um, are focused on being healthy for the long term, not necessarily preparing for a race or an event or a performance, but for movement longevity. You know, over the years I've had um, the opportunity to work with so many wonderful trainers and um, I've collaborated with them. I've, I've, worked alongside them and ultimately learn from them. 
Um, and over those over the years, I've had the opportunity to take all that information in and help really hone in my product, my service, and how I deliver um, how I deliver personal training um, my own way. Actually, I was thinking about this the other day because um, knowing that I was going to be talking about myself is not always <laughs> comfortable. Um, so I reached my 10,000 hours of personal training about oh. 20 years ago. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> 20 <laughs> right? years ago. <laughs> um, and then, and I've seen all these different scenarios over, over these years, all different things of, you know, var varieties of situations people come in with and what they're looking for and what we have to go through. Um, and you know, all of their physical considerations, body limitations, um, and emotional connections that they have, limitations in time, in money, in mental focus. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. people get bored mm -hmm. and that's a huge factor. Willpower. Yeah. Right. All of it. Um, I think what would, um, make me different or how I would define what makes me different, it's not necessarily about who I work with. It's mm -hmm. really that I pay attention. Mm -hmm. I, I listen. I pay attention to how people show up that day. And how you show up today might be different than how you show up next week. Um, you know, we, um, by, by paying attention, I feel like I've achieved um, just a level in, of accuracy in mm -hmm. assessing a situation mm -hmm. pretty quick, quickly. Um, so efficiency in assessing and then delivering a program that's tailored to exactly what they need that day. So like meeting them where they are. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. so important. Um, uh, with all these years, <laughs> um, I was just telling you the, the um, I did the math recently and I would say that it is over 50,000 hours of fitness instruction. Whoa. There's probably <laughs> very few things you haven't seen then. You've right. probably seen just about everything. Right. Right. Wow. Um, so I would say the wisdom that I bring is my attention to the present moment and um, balance. I balance that with a, a long-term focus on movement longevity. Mm -hmm. You know, we're always addressing what, what the client's specific needs and goals are, whether, like I said, it's re rehabbing from an injury or a surgery or preparing for something you know, whether it's a trip to Mexico or, um, a trip to Patagonia. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I also have a, um, another focus that I, I give to all of my clients is on their movement longevity, being able to stay healthy and active for the long term. Mm -hmm. We're not going to sacrifice, um, their health for the long term. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a big movement, um, kind of in the health and wellness community about, you know, health span versus lifespan. Yes, and Even exactly. though our lifespans are kind of, they've increased over the last several years, we've, our health span has decreased. So exercise is a huge part of that increasing health span. And that's really more related to quality of life than, right. than anything else. That's great. So when did you know you were going to go into the fitness field? Oh gosh. So, um, so I started, I was always uh, um, into like swimming and dancing and gymnastics, um, all those individual sports that I, you know, athletic things. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and then when I started middle school, I joined the track team. And this is middle school in New Jersey. It's not like Boulder, Colorado. I think everyone gets on the team who wants to be on the team. It's not, <laughs> you're not competing against, Olymp you know, children of Olympians. Um, 
but I, I quickly realized that I, I, I could get better at it if I did a little more um, like running on the treadmill or this or that. So I petitioned my dad to start bringing me to the gym with him. And I was 13 or 14 years old, so I really wasn't allowed to be at the gym. And the gym <laughs> owner, was a, it was a local, you know, and he said, okay, that I could go to the gym only if I went with my dad and my dad was, like, responsible for me. So I went every morning at 6 a.m. with my dad because he worked wow. in New York City. Mm -hmm. So we'd go together at 6 in the morning. I would get on the Stairmaster and do my thing and um, maybe some abs or something. And then I'd shower and walk to school because he would, you know, he'd hightail out of there and take the bus to New York. And I would walk to school from there. Um, and after a good year or two of that, my uh, the gym owner recognized that I was responsible and he allowed me to start coming after school, so I didn't have to get up so early every day. My, you know, my dad was always in and out of, just like every adult, you know, in and out of the, um, of uh, going to the gym. So I continued, started going in the afternoons, and then started doing a kids' fitness program. And mm. I started doing kids' fitness classes, and that morphed into aerobics, you know, the high-low step classes, all those things. So you were attending a kids' fitness class, or were you? I was running it. You were teaching I it. Was, I was, there was a girl running it, and I was helping her, and then she realized I could do it, and she was like, here, you take care of it, and I'll go do the ad admin stuff. Whoa, and how old were you when you were teaching? Oh, probably 15. 15? Yeah. That's amazing. Wow. It was really fun. It was, it was kind of like babysitting, right? <laughs> <laughs> With equipment. Um, so then I started teaching aerobics classes, uh -huh. and I loved it. It was, so, it was, it was dance, right? It's mm -hmm. like fitness dance. Um, and then I got into personal training from there. So I got my first personal training certification when I was a senior in high school. No, I must have been a junior in high school. So I turned 17, and that's when I was allowed to get this um, very low-level personal training certification. certification. Mm. Um, so I got that when I, was, when I turned 17. And then for my 18th birthday, I took the ACE exam, um, American College of Exercise, and got a better personal training mm -hmm. certification. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I would say I knew what I wanted to do from early on. Um, wow. From there, I went to college, and I got a degree in um, kinesiology. So I, I majored in um, exercise physiology and minored in business management. Because part of I, I understood after being around trainers for that long that a missing component <laughs> was the professionalism and business management part of it. A lot of trainers are basically gym rats. Yeah. Um, not here in Boulder, but, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. um, back in Jersey growing sure. up, I, I saw mm -hmm. a lot of that. Mm -hmm. So I knew that I wanted um, the business component as well. Yeah, that professional side. Yeah. So that was, so you, you went to college in Jersey as in well? In Virginia. In Virginia. Virginia. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Wow. When you were a kid, I mean, just thinking about you as a kid, just becoming like obsessed with <laughs> fitness. I mean, was it because was it the endorphins? Do you think that kind of got got you going to oh, keep coming back, or you, you know, just had a lot of energy? I think there was something. In, there was an internal drive. Mm -hmm. I prefer to compete with myself. Mm -hmm. I've never, um, up until recently, I'd never been on like a sports team. Um, so the the idea of of um, competing with myself was. Mm -hmm. I like that better than competing with others. Mm -hmm. um, or or I, was, I was actually always afraid of being on a team. Um, mm -hmm. 
just yeah I was the same way I, I didn't I wasn't really into team sports I did martial arts when uh -huh. I was young and that was like a good fit for me but like yeah softball and soccer yeah and I was like, just not my bag but yeah so being in a in a gym and teaching aerobics I was all of a sudden That's part fun. of the team right I was actually the leader on the team because mm -hmm. I was in there teaching um but it was but so i was i had that like it had a social component to it as well yeah for sure yeah very good so all this experience all this time in the gym you probably end up and even inadvertently just watching people work out <laughs> yes that aren't your clients i count their reps sometimes and, <laughs> and this obnoxious. is something that um with me having the PT background, I do a lot is I tend to watch people who maybe are doing something, they're working out by themselves and maybe their form doesn't look so good. I'm worried, worried about them injuring themselves, yes. um, but I don't feel it's like socially appropriate for me to say anything. Um, what do you, what do you think are like the most common mistakes you see, uh, see people making when they're working out on their own? I'd say that, um, so it's evolved. Now I see, um, I, I, I question people's exercise selection. Um, mm. I don't know if people really understand the why as to why they're doing that exercise, what it's, what it's supposed to be um, getting to, what, the, the why as to the mm -hmm. exercise. You know, we have all access now to, um, it used to be just like Shape Magazine or Muscle and Fitness Magazine that I could, I could look at and find mm. new crazy cool exercises but it was in a magazine. Now I can see it in action on YouTube or it pops up on my social media feed, these crazy exercises or, um, and some of the exercises look really fun. Mm -hmm. um, but if you don't know why you're doing them, it might not be the right exercise for you. So, um, so I think there's a lot of fun or we, we call them like sexy exercises that mm -hmm. look really cool. Mm -hmm. um, but if you don't really understand why you're doing it, I don't, it's not always the most effective or the right exercise for you. Mm. I do have to say that um, the other thing I see is the actual execution of an exercise because similarly, you can see an exercise and this, you know, this really cool one leg deadlift thing. Um, it's actually one of my favorite exercises, but, um, but it, the movement accuracy can be really subtle. And if your hips are just a little bit off, you're not going to feel it in the right spot and you're probably perpetuating um, muscular um, imbalances that you already have. Like you're right. leaning to your right. strong Those side. Habitual of, movement patterns. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, and here's the other tricky part about that is that having, I've done a bunch of um, uh, dissection work, um, anatomy. With cadavers. Cadaver and stuff. stuff. Yeah. Uh -huh. And um, in those experiences, I can tell you now that not everybody is the same. And some people are missing muscles. Mm -hmm. Some people's, you know. Some people have organs on the other side of their body <laughs> and everything's fine. It's everything's so amazing. fine, right? And, and the muscle that's supposed to, according to the textbook, attach to this spot on the hip bone, for some reason attaches in the front instead of the back. And how does that work? So everybody is so different yes. that it's not a blanket, you know, turn your hips this way to feel the exercise correctly, it's really individual. And it, and it takes a lot of fine tuning to get to that. Um, or subtle, subtle movements, subtle changes that are so individual. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. And helping, you know, when 
people really connect to their body and they can feel it, that's always a good oh, thing to just bring them right? back in and that yes. awareness. And then, and then they're going to be paying more attention when they leave the gym too, of like how they're moving and what this feels like and just more, more embodied yeah. in general. Yes. That body awareness is huge because I think that that's, um, that's one of the things that carries through, um, yeah. onto the next thing. And mm -hmm. yeah. So in addition to being a personal trainer, you also teach yoga. I do. So uh, why did you decide to add yoga to your repertoire? Um, so I started doing yoga in college and fell in love with it. Um, after college, I went through a certification. It was a six-month-long certification. And what I learned from that was I integrated what I would learn each week during class. We did uh, two long nights. It was like, I want to say 5 or 6 p.m. until 10 or 11 p.m., two nights a week. And then one long intensive weekend a month. This went on for six months. Um, and so I would learn all these really intensive, awesome things, but then I'd still have to get up in the morning and go to work and fit in meditation. And how do I do that in actual life as opposed to being... In an immersion. In mm -hmm. an immersion, right? Mm -hmm. You know, for a whole month in an immersion. Yeah, this you don't even like, have to, like, cook your own food. Right, <laughs> right. This was like, how do I, how do I, you know, stay on my yogic diet but mm -hmm. not go out with my friends on Friday night, you know? So mm -hmm. it, was, it was an interesting way to integrate it. Mm -hmm. um, so when I um, started teaching, I, I could see clearly how it benefited um, – general fitness um the body awareness component the core component um the breathing mm -hmm. all of that translates and not just to not just to lifting weights but to also generally being fit and listening to your body mm -hmm. again just that being embodied paying attention building mm -hmm. that awareness right yeah it's it's so important mm -hmm. um and i gotta tell you that the people that i see who haven't been lifting weights um a lot of people come to me, they've, they've never really lifted weights before. And you think about it, weightlifting is relatively new, especially to females, in the last 15, 20 years. Like, you know, so people who are, um, didn't grow up with it or didn't grow up around it or have access to it, um, you know, in their 50s and 60s, they're realizing that bone density right. things and, you know, people, they're reading more about that they should be weight training. They don't know where to start, but they're smart enough to know that they should start with professional. <laughs> yes. They should start the right way, not mm -hmm. Shape Magazine. Mm -hmm. um, or in some sort of, at least, you know, some level of guidance. Um, but the people that I, that I work with that have never done weight training, but they've done yoga, have amazing body awareness. They engage their core without even realizing it. All those things that we, we look for. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I'm, I'm a big fan. And the level of flexibility that you maintain, not necessarily, you know, doesn't even have to be touching your toes because, as you know, some people are just not designed right. to ever touch their toes, and that's right. fine. Yeah, and it's so okay. Figure like, ways around it. <laughs> a lot of, and I feel like a lot of people are, um, you know, dissuaded from yoga because, oh, like, oh, my body's not built for it. I'm not flexible, mm -hmm. so I, I'm not going to do it. And when the truth is, those are usually the people that need to do it the most right. because they're not stretching on their own or they're lifting a lot of weights and, and that's it. And those muscles are just 
getting tighter and tighter yep. and they're losing mobility in their joints. Um, so I always tell people, you know, if it's not, a, it's definitely not about touching your toes because, <laughs> right? It, yeah, it's about range of motion. I have to say that I've, I've enjoyed teaching yoga in a gym for that reason, because mm -hmm. in a gym setting, you get people who aren't usually going to, it's, they're not people going to a yoga studio. Yoga studios are a little intimidating, you know, what are mm -hmm. you supposed to wear, and is there a headdress involved, and do I have the right stuff, you know? The outfits that cost as much as like a car payment. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So in a gym, I, I would always get people who would walk in and say, I've never done yoga before. And mm. they, you know, often they'd walk in with their shoes on and their phone in their hand and, you know, not, not knowing exactly what to do. And I love that because those are the people, like you said, that need to see that yoga doesn't have to be intimidating. You don't have to touch your toes. It's okay to talk in class. Um, this is about, it's really more about that body awareness and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, often tweaking a pose so that you're feeling it right, it shouldn't be hurting. It should be. Right. We're trying to open pathways, mm -hmm. not, not cause trauma. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I imagine just having the background, you have it really, really just comes through in how you teach yoga too. I've never taken a yoga class with you. I have taken some uh, weight classes with Gina, but I have not taken any of her yoga classes. I but do sometimes do a little extra core work. I love it. I love it. Glute work. Core, core glutes. A little extra explanation yep. about anatomy. It's <laughs> great. Uh, if you could give one piece of advice to people to improve their health, what would it be? All right. I have my go-to has always been to listen to your body. Hmm. Um, I feel like in this new chapter and new decade, um, I feel like it's time to clarify that a little bit more. You know, we, we show up um, every day with all of the problems of a full human life, right? You've got, you had a, um, somebody ran a red light and it pissed you off on the way here today. And you are looking, or, or dreading or looking forward to talking to someone later today. You've got things on your mind. You've got, you know, all these things that we deal with that kind of problems that we, that we bring into our life and things that we're, that we're not always being in the present moment. Um, and when we've got all this noise around us, it's just hard to really hear what the body's trying to tell us. Mm -hmm. Um, when the body and mind are in balance, there's this harmony and it's easy to follow. But when your mind, and your mind is so awesome, it's powerful and it's so tricky and so, <laughs> so devious and your mind can, can distract you. Like, you know, we, sometimes we think our taste buds are saying that you really want that pizza, pizza, right? Like my taste buds were like, oh, I know I need that pizza for sure. <laughs> and my, um, my ego tells me that I want my arms to look like hers. Right. or that they should, or I should be able to do that. All the shoulds. All the should, right? <laughs> um, um, my emotions, gosh, sometimes my emotions tell me that it'd be better off if I just took a nap at this hour, you know? <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I'm just exhausted, and my, I'm, it's not necessarily my body that's exhausted, but emotionally I want to take a break. Mm -hmm. um, so, so we can kind of tune out some of those things, and... Yes. And discern. It's, I feel like it's a level of discernment between mm -hmm. like what listening to your body or listening to like the ego, you know, it's like, right. well, I'm hearing this voice, but really looking 
for where that voice is coming from. Is that an authentic voice or is that, yes, you know, your monkey brain voice? Right. Exactly. <laughs> and it, it's hard. It takes mm -hmm. practice, right? And I know that like meditation is one of the ways to get there because you, you start to like clear everything out. Um, I'm, I know that meditation is a scary word for some people because they think they have to you know, sit in a certain pose for a period of time. And that's really not the case. Um, meditation or flow can take all forms. Um, so when you find that form that works for you, and for some people, it's running. For some people, it's walking. Um, for some people, it's lying down on their back and just breathing for a few minutes and or daydreaming. You know, there's, there's all these different ways to find your flow or your space. And when you can find that and have an, have an avenue to access that to, to discern the noise mm -hmm. um, kind of put put that aside and then you can listen to your body and I do find that that if when you can listen to your body you will have more success in all the things you're trying to do so that body awareness that we talked about in the in the actual movements um, and uh, oh you know when you're sick right um, when you're sick should you exercise Depends. Right. It all depends. Exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. And, and, and how do you figure it out? Because it's all, it's all unique in, based on the day. You have to listen, listen. to your body, right? Mm -hmm. You've got to listen to not what your mind is saying. Your mind is saying, you're sick, go home. Or it's pushing, or it's like, you know, don't be a slacker, go don't, do this. Exactly, yeah. right? <laughs> Whereas your body, if you just listen, your body will tell you. And there are ways to tune in, right? You can listen to your, your pulse. Mm -hmm. You can listen to your breath. Um, you have to kind of find what works for you, but my advice is really just to cut the noise mm. and listen to your body. I love it. I love it. So what do your workouts look like? Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> they vary. Um, I try to do weights two or three times a week cause I love it. I try to do, um, yoga once or twice a week and that's not always in the form of going to a class because my time schedule, which again, here I am full of human problems. Um, right. You got family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and so sometimes my yoga is really like 10 minutes on the floor before I go to bed and just stretching or, mm -hmm. um, sometimes it's just in between clients and, and 15 minutes of moving my body just mindfully. Um, uh, I enjoy doing cardio and intervals and all that stuff. My newest part addition to my, um, to my workouts is hockey. Um, I just started playing ice hockey a couple years That's ago. That's rad. It's so cool. I had never <laughs> been on ice skates, never. Um, oh, really? Yeah. We, actually, when my son was maybe two or three, we took him to one of those tiny rinks, at, you know, an outdoor tiny rink, and he held the little thing, the little walker, and I held the boards just because I was afraid of him falling. But I, that was my first time, I think, ever on ice skates. Wow. Um, so about two years ago, I started this program called Hockey Moms Wine Not. <laughs> it's the coolest thing. It was so much fun. Um, the, um, all these, not, it was not all moms, but um, mm -hmm. it was just a, um, a way for, I, I guess, for women to learn the sport a little bit, get, get skates on, get gear on, and see what it's all about. Um, it turned into a really fun experience. And actually, this program is still going on. I still drop in, even though now I've, I've is learned. Is this at the 
Bermsfield? The sports uh, stable yeah. in Superior. Superior, yeah. Um, and it's such a cool program. It, the women are fun. Everyone's just out there having a great time. Um, I started doing that a couple years ago, and I love it. Yeah. Um, since then, I started. I joined the Denver Women's Hockey League, DWHL. Awesome. And I play on, on one of their rec-level teams. I also play a lunch league. Um, uh, once or twice a week, I play at a, in a lunch league at the sports table. So I'm one of these, like, 500 people that weekly I take a couple hours off of my day and put all my gear on and skate for an hour. Um, That's a workout. Right? I mean, skating, and especially with as much as you have to, like, oh. pivot and... Yeah, it's a lot of a lot of glutes. <laughs> and do it all with you know on blades. Yes, and, you know yes. having never you know all learning to skate all of it. It's actually um, it's actually been a, a a big impetus for change in my life because um, it was we talked about teams before. Mm -hmm. I've never been on a team before, mm -hmm. and I realized that that's kind of held me back. I've always been afraid of dropping the ball. I've always been afraid being the of, one that lets the team down. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So I, I joined this team, and I don't know if I realized this in my first game or my fifth game, but it was pretty early on that I recognized um, that other people on the team would miss the puck, literally drop the ball, literally cause us to lose the game. And I was never mad at them. Mm -hmm. I was never right. like, damn it, Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. I was never pissed. I was just like, oh man, I understand, you know, like, <laughs> and we just keep going. And mm -hmm. then the next person would either make a good play or miss it. And I wasn't pissed at her either. Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh, I get it. It's a game and we're part of a team. And that's why we have somebody behind ready to pick up when this, per that's why it, it's fun. It's actually, yes. Yes. it's actually not that fun if you have a ringer on a team that's just doing all, all the, the work. Yeah. Right. And like, yeah, not supporting the other players, then mm -hmm. right. It's okay to make mistakes, and that's how we grow. I love it. Ugh, and it's and too just to be like to do something that intense of a sport. Hockey is very intense sport, yeah. and to to start as an adult beginner oh. is just. I mean, <laughs> that's all. It's so bold. It's amazing. I have to say, um, but it, it looks intense, right? Remember <laughs> the the women, especially. We don't really fight with each other, right? Um, and we're all out there for having a good time. And the pad, the pads, you wear so much gear mm -hmm. that, you know, the first couple times I would come back, my kids would ask me, like, did you fall? I'm like, of course I fell. <laughs> <laughs> like a million times. <laughs> or my clients, especially my clients, because they're always worried that I'm going to get hurt. Yeah. Right? So they're like, did you fall? I'm like, yes. I, I fall all the time. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I have pads on all over the place. So it actually doesn't hurt. It's like mm -hmm. another part of it is realizing like it's okay to fall, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Get yeah. It. Keep and going. Just, just breaking through those, those fears. Wow. That's yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a big, it was a big, um, lesson for me to push out of my comfort zone and to try something that scared the hell out of me, you know, totally something I didn't know what I was doing and getting into it, knowing that, um, I'm probably going to be the worst on the team. I'm probably going to, you know, it, and then realizing that it's okay. Mm -hmm. it, it's not, um, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> kind of like life, right? We make things out, a lot of things out. To I got to tell you, I had, um, 
actually the first team I was on, this this whole thing, the first team I was on, the end of the season, I didn't know this, the end of the season they give you, they give out little awards. Um, three little awards, like most improved, um, best shooter, and MVP. So they're giving out the awards at the last game of the season. And they, um, they gave me the MVP. I was beside myself, right? Aww, totally. and you were worried. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> Be the worst person on the team and you oh got MVP. Oh, my gosh. I, I got in the car to drive home. Because, you know, these, are all, these games are all late at night, which is also another thing. It's like 9, 10 o'clock games. Um, so I got in the car to start driving home, and I was so excited. I called my husband. I was like, oh, my God. Like, Did you win? I'm like, no, we lost. But guess what? I got the MVP. And he was, he was ecstatic. And he was like, so I don't get it. What did you do? How did you do it? And I sat there, and I was like, you know what? I just showed up. I just showed up and I was me. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's all you have to do in life, right? Mm-hmm. Just show up. Mm-hmm. And It's amazing what happens <sighs> when we get out of our own way, right? Right? <laughs> exactly. So just, you know, I showed up. Yeah. And beautiful. And wasn't and I fell and it was fine. <laughs> and it was fine. <laughs> and I got back up and it was okay. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Yeah. So uh, where can people find you now? Where are you training? So I, um, I've been at, um, up until three months ago, I was at Rally Sport in Boulder for, for the last almost 14 years. I worked there um, since I moved to Colorado, and I loved it. Um, and then in, about three months ago, I knew I needed a change, and you know, probably my changes in hockey and all these revelations <laughs> pushing me out of my comfort zone. Um, helped me a little bit and I moved to, um, I started my own business called Gina Knows or Gina Knows Fitness. Um, and now I'm training out of a gym in, on Pearl Street called Customized Nutrition and Exercise. Um, it's an awesome place. It's really a warehouse and um, the owner is attentive and the trainers are fun and knowledgeable and respectful. Um, the equipment there is really it's fun. It's a great gym. It really yeah. is. It's you know if you if you know what you're doing, it's like a playground in there. Mm-hmm. It's it's allowed me space to be creative, and to step out of that box that I've been in for a while. Of, you know, we do these exercises. These are my favorites because, they work. Now I'm like, oh, we're gonna try something new. Um, so it's been really great for me to to try something different, and um, I really enjoy the space. I feel like the. The space has a great energy and a great vibe. It's um, yeah, yeah, I'll agree. I, I think it's I think it's a great great gym. Yeah. Um, do they now? Uh, now, if people come to see you for personal training, mm-hmm. they can actually get a discount on a gym membership. There is that correct? Yes. So um, at this particular where I'm training, you don't have to be a member of this gym. You can just come and train with me. I'm, a, I'm an independent contractor, um, but a lot of my clients have joined the gym because. They love it. It's just a great, mm-hmm. it's, it's, like I said, it's, it's easy, it's chill, it's not pretentious, it's yeah. fun, it's got a great energy in there. Um, and yes, uh, my clients do get a discount on membership there, which is great. Excellent. Yeah. Okay, well, this has been great talking to you. I can't wait to uh, kind of see where your business goes in the future. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you wanted to mention? Uh, can people find you on social media? Yes. Um, so I'm still working on my website, but I do have my Facebook account, my um, Gina Knows Fitness. Um, 
Yeah, they can find me on Facebook. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Gina. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye.